This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective and a global audience, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 15, Episode 12, How I Built My Own Company, talking with Victoria Sanchez de Alba, CEO of de Alba Communications. As part of our ongoing series about entrepreneurs who are building their own businesses, our guest today is Victoria Sanchez de Alba. Hi, Victoria, and welcome to the show. Hello there, Jim, and thank you for inviting me to be on your show. My pleasure. Victoria, let's start at the beginning of your journey as an entrepreneur. Tell us about yourself. We all have our own stories uh, on why we get into our professional field. In mine, it was in media, in journalism, and public relations, communications. So it stems from where I grew up in, the solid bowl capital of the world, which is Salinas, Salinas, California. And that is in the Central Coast region of California. And it's one of the most productive agricultural regions in the world. And it earned its name, the Salad Bowl of the world, because it's uh, the home of uh, acres of produce, strawberries, lettuce, tomatoes, spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, celery, and all, and flower farms too, as well as the wineries. And and Salinas is about a hundred miles south of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so um, I worked in the agricultural fields with my parents, and uh, as a young girl my siblings uh, until I graduated from high school in, uh, harvesting fruit produce uh, during my summer vacations. And uh, my, my parents did buy a, a house all that they were homeowners, but they needed extra income. So we, you know, so we helped them purchase our own school clothes. And that was the thing to do for a lot of families too. You know, some families, they worked either at the mall or flipping burgers or wherever. So ours was, working out there in the agricultural fields. And that experience, Jim, it made me sensitive to issues faced by working families, such as health risks, you know, related to um, pesticide poisoning that included a crop duster, spraying pesticides while we were working, healthcare access, the need to improve working conditions, and also to law enforcement abuses and other inequities. So at a very young age, I learned that things were not right. And and then so fast forward, my life purpose was to help create a more socially responsible world and to help raise public awareness through the use of the press of the harsh conditions of farm workers' lives and um, expose social and economic inequities and also to not only about all the inequities but also to to raise public awareness of uh about our contributions to society as latinos you know that we are educated that we are the professors the astronauts journalists lawyers and so on and so forth and and we are the entrepreneurs and so on and also that we have history here before it was the u.s especially as mexicans so I pursued my dream of becoming a journalist and received my Bachelor's of Arts in Communications, emphasis in media law from the University of San Francisco. 
let's start at that point. So you went to University of San Francisco, you got your degree in communications and journalism and law. And tell us about that chapter of your life and how that unfolded. When I moved away from my home, from home and I, all, you know, I went to school and all that, and I started working. I actually, my first job, it was at Stanford News Service, but it was at the, um, as a, a newsroom staff assistant. So it really exposed me to a lot of people, a lot of the who's who, right? It was really interesting. It was really good. There was a lot of learning about the research that Stanford University does, the medical center too. It was exciting. I mean, co- coming from a small town like Salinas, well, it's not really that small. And just going there, and also, too, I worked um, ultimately as a television news producer then, after that, too. So for several years, I did that. And it was very stimulating for me because I got to cover stories of social impact, such as the health status of the poor, the poor and working class people, and disparities in various races and ethnic groups. And I also covered technology, the emerging technology and consumer issues and, and education and politics. And just seeing, going into the newsroom, gym and seeing the world within, I mean, just everything right there, all the satellite feeds coming in. It was really, it was wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go in there and it's like, you're in a different world. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you're covering stories. You're just like, all these story ideas come in, you know, from PR firms too, that to cover this or to cover that, or, or we just go out there and um, respond to, of course, to, to some tragedies too, you know, to some hard news if there's any shootings. Too. So, how many years did you do that, Victoria? I did that about ten years. Mm-hmm. I did that about ten years, and I worked at the Center for Investigative Reporting in San Francisco at the time. And I was part of a team that won a National News Emmy Award. Mm. And that award, it was for exposing the black market on um, selling these cheap handguns mm-hmm. out on the black market. The, the, the uh, Saturday night specials. Mm-hmm. There was companies in Southern California that were not tracking, keeping track of those guns. However... They were used. Some of those. Uh, they were used on, on some killings, on some, on some, on some homicides. So, so we knew that there was an issue, mm-hmm. and so we won. It was a. I think it was a, a year long investigation, oh, wow. and it came out in um, Frontline, mm-hmm. PBS. So, how did you, was, as a successful journalist, make the transition to having your own company? I mean, there are a lot of budding entrepreneurs out there who begin their career in one field and Mm -hmm. they want to transition to something else. You've done that transition very successfully. Can you share with us how you were able to do that? Sure. Absolutely. So just real quick, I, just so that you know, too, I also held other jobs in journalism, like ABC seven in San Francisco and CBS five in Sacramento and also to community newspapers. So those, that experience I was able to to transfer my journalism skills to uh, high tech public relations, and so what I did is I I started working for a high tech PR firm in San Francisco, and the people there and the accounts I worked on were very inspiring to me 
on top of which I acquired tremendous agency experience. But then the dot-com burst happened, and several of us got laid off. It was so challenging, Jim, because I freelanced, and I could not get jobs Mm -hmm. with companies. So in 2002, I started my own public PR firm, the Alba Communications. It's a PR and integrated communications consultancy of experienced multicultural professionals. So my firm, it specializes in multicultural PR, digital marketing, and community outreach that delivers on business objectives. So I had to create my own pathway. And this is how I reshaped the business landscape through innovative ideas. Out of the necessity of needing work, I took the entire package of who I am. I'm Mexican-American, excuse me. I'm a farm worker. I'm a writer, journalist, PR expert, and I'm a passionate advocate. So I also help companies by encouraging diversity amongst their staff and boards, too. Mm -hmm. And so we successfully increase uh, public awareness through strategic media outreach and digital marketing in both the general and multicultural markets for Fortune 500 corporations, businesses, philanthropy, nonprofits, health, education, real estate, technology industry, and even leading Bay Area museums and cultural historical institutions. These are the areas I like, I'm very passionate about. Mm Take a few minutes and tell us about some of your clients and successful campaigns that you've put together for them. My first one, this is really, really great. I mean, oh, my God. So my first solo corporate client, it was with the uh, First American Title Insurance Company. They wanted their, their strategic markets program that um, operates in conjunction with, with the First American Corporation's broader strategic markets program. So it was a a corporate-wide commitment launched in 2003 to increase home ownership opportunities for a larger portion of the population, including segments who have uh, traditionally been underserved by the financial services and housing and the housing industries. Excuse me. When First American Title uh, launched its uh, strategic markets program in San Francisco. Bay Area and and Florida, the company wanted recognition for the special initiative uh, designed to increase homeownership opportunities for Latino, African Americans, Asian American, Pacific Islanders, and the newly and the newly um, immigrated Americans. And this is was by providing real estate professionals with the demographic insights tools, services, and resources they need to better serve these uh, traditionally underserved, fast-growing communities. So what we did, the Delva Communications did, we developed, I'm so excited about this because it was my first one, Jim, uh-huh. and it was like, oh my God, it landed, <laughs> this is so awesome, sort of my network, yes. sort of my network and all that. So, and I'm so excited about it because I'm, I'm glad that they're doing so well. So we developed and implemented a strategic press campaign addressing the cultural, language, financial, educational, and real estate challenges and and barriers 
such as uh, complicated loans and paperwork Mm -hmm. that arise, you know, when members of ethnically diverse communities enter the home buying process. And even it's even challenging for us who are born here. Of course. I'm a home. I'm a homeowner. I'm like, why do we need all this? What's all this paperwork? What's going on here? (laughs) So anyway, so what we did, we positioned the program as the first of its kind in the title uh, insurance industry throughout the U.S. And so uh, First American Title received feature article attention in major local and national dailies, broadcast television, radio, and online press. I mean, it was mainstream and multicultural outlets, news outlets. And we also launched First American's Title's multilingual website and online video library Mm. uh first am multicultural website and it's to help multicultural consumers navigate the real estate title and closing processes in the u.s and so the site provides easy access to educational real estate materials videos and resources in six languages, including English, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Vietnamese. So the in-language website and videos cover, you know, topics like buying or selling a home, what is title insurance, common title problems, types of title insurance. So it's really good. So that was my first solo corporate one. I mean, when I say solo, I still, I mean, I did have a team, but it was like... This one's mine. I got it. I uh-huh. got this one. <laughs> well, you know, it. on your point about home ownership, home ownership is like one of the foundation stones of the American dream. And mm-hmm. it sounds as though through this program, you are opening doors for underserved communities that up to this point may not have been able to access home ownership. And of course, home ownership is like the first step on the ladder to family wealth, to intergenerational wealth. So it sounds as though you did a great job there. I did. And they and I worked with them for a long time too, until the till the real estate, you know, it went down in two thousand eight. And then again they brought me back to launch their their multilingual website. So it was good. And I still, I still touch bases with them too. Some other people are still there. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also too, you know what, my parents, you know, they were homeowners. Yes. So I remember them, the uh, challenges too, that they went through. Uh-huh. But they got through it, you know, they were able to buy their home. Well, that's uh, congratulations. Now, tell us about, you, you have another story, another case study you wanted to share with us. Yeah, so this is in the nonprofit um, sector. So when COVID hit in 2020, the Edible Communications worked on the front lines, communicating key messages to diverse audiences. As you know, 2020, it was quite a year that exposed so much, so many, you know, disparities, especially with uh, people of color disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. And a case in point is there was a U.S. demographic frontline essential workforce who were left out of the conversation from receiving PPE, personal protection equipment, against COVID-19. And these are the farm workers who risked their lives feeding the nation on lockdown. And everybody was, you know, shut in place, you know, uh, sheltered in place, right? Well, these people were still working as well. 
And so although the federal government declared them as essential workers, they continued to work without proper PPE, accurate information on how to protect themselves or about the risk involved in their essential labor and access to health care. And yet uh, they, are the, they are the driving force that keeps the nation's groceries, grocery stores um, stocked up. When Director, Executive Director Belinda, Dr. Belinda Hernandez Arriaga of ALAS, uh, it's, um, ALAS stands for Ayudando Latinos a Soñar, Helping Latinos Dream Big. And they're based in Half Moon Bay here in San Mateo County. And it's a nonprofit that offers cultural arts, mental health, educational, and social justice programs for Latino far, you know, families and farm workers. So they found, so she found out that farm workers were not receiving PPE, and she contacted us to help them raise public awareness on the issue. So we developed and implemented a strategic PR campaign for English and Spanish language press outreach, mm-hmm. media outreach to, to you know, to complement and to support ALAS's programs in addressing the issue of not having PPE or accurate information on how to protect themselves. So we helped them launch Mama's Sewing Project, making face masks mm-hmm. to protect farm workers, yeah, against COVID. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah, and these are reusable cloth masks that were also distributed to house cleaners, grocery store workers, and families and their families. And there were people, Jim, from uh, not only in Half Moon Bay on the coast side, but people from Santa Cruz found out about this. They also took people from some of the farm workers from Sonoma County. Apparently, they were not getting PPE either. Mm-hmm. So it was... So they were getting calls, and it was such a successful campaign that they received tremendous media coverage. And the community came out to support and donate cloth material and funds. And get this, this is, this is what really, really I love about my profession. Because we, you know, we tell the stories, right? We get the message out. Alas was even given a free new office building Gosh. as a gift. Wow. Because the benefactor read and watched the story in the news. It's beautiful. If you have a chance, come out here and take a and visit us. We'll give you a tour. It's beautiful. It's a pastel yellow house and with the uh, pink doors. I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Half Moon Bay, so I will take you up on that one of these days. What a, sati- what a satisfying story to be able to use your professional skills to bring to bear for the benefit of the community. And it's really a story of determination and planning and drive. So kudos to you, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you. And not only did we receive our Bay Area coverage, but also national, mm. too. So that was really good. And we also nominated, I nominated um, Dr. Belinda Hernandez-Ariaga for a CBS5 Jefferson Award that's uh, making a difference in the community. And she received it. Oh, congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Well, Victoria, listen, on that note, as we come to the closing minutes of our podcast, do you have some final thoughts for any budding entrepreneurs out there as we wrap this up today? Sure. 
find your passion. I know people talk about that, finding your passion, what you, what you love doing. For me, I love telling stories. I love getting the message out. I love fighting the fight for social justice. Uh, I mean, in everything I do for everybody. So for me, you know, find what you love to do the most and get those and um, hone those skills. Even if you're working and you're in that area, you know, just learn as much as you can in there. And take, you know what, and read and read all these articles, you know, like entrepreneur.com and all mm-hmm. that. I'm a subscriber of that. I, and uh, I love their, their ideas, too. And, oh, and, and connect yourself with these groups to, to the have like-minded entrepreneurs network or networking network network mm-hmm. network yep. that's the that's the name of the game well listen yeah. victoria on that note i'd like to thank you very much for being our guest today and sharing your story very inspirational victoria and what is your website sure it's uh www.thealba.net. It's like my last name, De Alba, D-E-A-L, B-S and boy, A, dot net. Very good. Well, once again, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us your personal and professional journey to, to become a successful entrepreneur heading up De Alba Communications. Wonderful. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate this opportunity. My pleasure. And for our listeners, as we celebrate our second anniversary, you're part of a global audience in 65 countries who follow this podcast. The San Francisco Experience is carried on 19 platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Pandora, among others. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, coming to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.